Welcome to Josh's Worst Nightmare Oddcast, presented by Denver Horror Collective. I'm your host, author Josh Schlossberg, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, we're being possessed by Damon Manx. Damon Manx is an American speculative horror author who has been featured in magazines in both the U.S. and the U.K. He is a Splatterpunk Award nominee, and in 2021, he received a Horror Authors Guild Award for his story, The Dead Girl. In 2021, Damon opened Last Waltz Publishing, an indie horror label focused on undiscovered voices and elevating new authors. Welcome to my nightmare, Damon. Thanks for having me, Josh. It's great to be on this show. I'm a big fan. Well, I'm psyched that you are here, and I've been following your stuff for quite some time. And so folks know on Josh's Worst Nightmare, I invite on horror authors to talk about an aspect of biological horror, which I define as living creatures and vital processes in some way relevant to their writing. This episode, we're going to talk about parasites. Now, scientifically, which is only a small part of what I care about, a parasite is an organism that lives on or in a host organism and gets its food from or at the expense of its host. And there's different versions of that, including supernatural. So why why are we talking about this topic? What's the interest to you? How is this relevant to your world? All right. So, well, first of all, I mean, nothing terrifies me more than something that can actually live on or inside of me that I have no control over. Like, that is very Kafka terrifying to me. Um, also, for the last four years, I've been writing, rewriting, editing, throwing out and rewriting again a four book series that I hope to have out next year, which has to do with a certain supernatural parasite, um, also very biological and very natural. Uh, I don't want to give away too much, but it's very, oh, oh, it, it, it's, I, I, it's hard to describe without uh, sitting down and giving the whole, you know, right. bullet list thing, but a supernatural paranormal parasite that has the ability to change the DNA of its hosts. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that's something I've been working on. And I've also been lucky enough to be included in certain books like hacked in two with james carlson where he wrote about uh an age-old tick that's very vampiric which i mean if we look at ticks they're very vampiric you know something that lives off of our blood you know so i i just find that fascinating and i and i know nothing about anything i i just I'm the panzer who flies by, by the seat of his pants at all times. Um, and I'm just like, hey, parasites, I'd love to talk about them. Know nothing about them, but I I like to talk. Well, I think that actually can ironically be better. I think so. A, a lot of my background has been in some journalism and some science writing. I'm certainly not a scientist. I'm more of a creative writer and I think more like you, but I've done some of the research. Sometimes I can actually bog down the writing and like, all right, well, I have to get this scientific. Horror is not about that. It's about the feeling you get around it. And yeah, I would actually encourage you not to do 
a bunch more research on the details of anything because just go with what feels right. Go with your gut on that and it'll turn out awesome. And that's what horror brings to it, right? Because obviously there are the biological parasites like ticks. And I, my listeners know I have, I have a thing about, about ticks, but the, uh, the supernatural component is in a sense. So uh, demons or any possession thing. So anything to do with, you know, the exorcist, whatnot, that's all, that's a parasite. It is sucking out the lifeblood, if not literally, maybe spiritually. And that to me is, there's so much that's interesting about that. And it's also symbolic in a way, right? Like something that's just, there's a lot in our life that is sucking our lifeblood, whether it's aspects of politics and ideology or just how shitty people are to one another or whatever. So do do you have like some parable aspect behind it or just like, no, that scares me and I'm writing about it. End of story. You know what? So, uh, I was raised in an Italian, very Catholic upbringing. So there's a strong sense of good and evil that's that's in the upbringing. You know, I, I'm now I, I don't know what I am. I'm a just a I'm a horror author. <laughs> but this was my upbringing, you know, and with that, you know, we're we're taught that, you know, possession is a real thing. Like it, this is not just in the metaphysical sense, like the devil gets inside you and controls you, you know, and because my uh, upbringing, my faith, they want to scare you with fire and brimstone uh, right from the get go. So, you know, we've got a lot of traumatized kids who uh walking around still all messed up from that upbringing. And, you know, I remember seeing the exorcist and all, all of my fears are now confirmed as a, a young man. And, this stuff never leaves me you know i i i've had an experience as a child with a ouija board Hmm. which um which i could get into too but you know i I, to this day i don't touch those things just because of the possibility of welcoming something in that can latch onto me (laughs) in the spiritual sense Mm -hmm. to the that ether part of us you know um yeah you know when i was 10 years old i was coming home right before it was sundown and the girls next door were on their front lawn playing with a ouija board yeah and i went over there and they're like sit down and they start asking like the the questions are getting worse and they're getting worse and then they ask when is he going to die and the thing spells out 40. now i didn't die when i was 40 but up until i turned 40 I was, I was, it was never left my mind, you know? So I was always walking around like, oh man, I got another year left. I better make it count, you know? So that can mess you up, you know? Yeah. I, it's funny. I, if somebody asked me, do I believe in ghosts? I would say, no, I'm open to the possibility. I just haven't experienced it. But if they say, do you want to play with a Ouija board? I will also say no. (laughs) So there's some, uh, cognitive dissonance there where i say i don't believe in ghosts and i'm like i'm not touching that ghost machine thank you no yeah i don't know exactly what i believe in but i know there's things that i can't explain so well the parasite i would say in terms of a ouija board for me might be and maybe it's the case for you also is just 
a thought gets inside my head and then I'm overthinking about it and I'm ruminating on it. So in a sense, that's a parasitical thought, right? I might die when I'm 40. This board told me that you were being preyed on by that parasite in a sense. And a lot of thoughts can be like that. Yeah. And I would say it definitely added some sort of stress along those years living up to it. Like yeah. it was always this gnawing feeling like, you know, oh no, what's going to happen? You know, I'm glad you made it. Uh, and so that's so am I. <laughs> yeah. That is a really mean thing to do to somebody because I, uh, yeah, you could say that to anybody. Oh, you're going to die, blah, blah, blah. And like, whatever. And then it's like, hmm, will I? You know, and so that's, that is, uh, it was doing what a parasite does is it stresses the body. It, so there are lots of versions of that spiritual, mental, physical. Parasite is a, is a frightening thing. And, and we do consider people we don't care for in society a lot of times to be parasite. Oh, they're just sucking the lifeblood of the system. Obviously, sometimes that's pretty unfair assessment, but that concept of taking and you're not giving back, there are things like, a, you know what a remora is? That little fish that sucks on the sure. shark. Now that's not a parasite. It's it's mutualism. Like they benefit each other. The shark is like the the transportation for it and it eats the sea lice or whatever. So they help one another. So that ain't parasite. My, a lot of people will look at that and see it. But then there's that, you've probably seen the photo. There's like whatever that fish is that has that like weird beetle beetle crab thing in its tongue. Have you seen that? Like in the place of its tongue? I haven't seen that. Oh, well, no. you're lucky. Don't look it up. It's actually disturbing. But basically it's this fish and it has a creature that's inside of its mouth and that is parasitical because it takes the food away. So mm. it's it's a freeloader. It's it's as you say it's leeching off. It's like yeah, it's literally a leech. You know, it takes. It doesn't have any benefit to the animal. That being said, understanding ecology, everything does have a place in in ecology. So there is a benefit to parasites in nature, which may be just knocking out some of the herd right so can, have you ever thought of a parasite in a positive way well <laughs> yeah you know i mean i think there's parasites that are living in us all the time you know eating the dead skin cells eating the bacteria in our stomachs That's you know positive. so that that is a you know a symbiotic relationship right there symbiotic right so um i guess you know yeah that but still, when I think about it, I'm like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> they're on me. They're on me. It's you know? an unpleasant thing. It's something yeah. in, inside of us. But yeah, so here it is. It's the uh, inside the Atlantic croaker. It's a parasite. A tongue eating louse is found in a variety of fish and ecosystems. And uh, yeah, it's just creepy looking. It looks like a little uh, little alien, uh, like from aliens. And so that's that's lots of fun. But but uh, just real quick, just for the sake of it. So looking about parasites, the th there's three different components. And, you know, this might inspire people or it will be too nerdy for them. But so there's protozoa. That's a parasite. So that's the one celled organism. So that can be things like uh, giardia. So that's if you drink fever shit in your water, that gives you the runs. So that's why you got to filter your water in the forest. So that that is a kind of parasite then there's a hel helminth helminths and those are larger 
visible to the eye. So like a flatworm and other worms that go into your body. So the worms are the helminths. And then there is ectoparasites. And those are the blood suckers like mosquitoes and ticks. And yeah, so like my thing with ticks, I used to live in the Northeast and that is like tick central. And like, I'm in the woods a lot. And so like, I was always thinking about Lyme disease and I hate things that are so fucking small. You can't see, like, I am like my fear of bears, snakes, even sharks is less than the, because you can see them coming in theory, you can fight them off. At least here's the thing, you know, when you get in your car at the end of a hike, you're like, the bear didn't eat me. It's over. But you're with the ticks. You're like, it could be on me, in me, whatever. So does that disturb you at all or what? Yeah, totally. Well, I, I live here in New Jersey in a very wooded area and the deer are always in my backyard. Yep. And, you know, the, we got to watch out for the animals and ticks definitely freak me out. Like I am covered when I go in the woods. I don't want a bug on me sucking my blood. I don't like mosquitoes. Hmm. I don't know if anybody really says, hey, yeah, I love mosquitoes. But right. I've got lakes all around here. There's so many of those critters. And, you know, sometimes you'll see like a deer come out who mm -hmm. does not look good. Yeah, and yeah. he's got them all over him, you know, covering him. And these things get huge. Like this, the top of this microphone, you'll see a tick that is that engorged on the blood of a deer. Yes. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know what, what will, like you are, you're, you're as cool as ice, man, you know, uh, and, and that lice thing, that, that is not a, that isn't it. That's why I shaved my head. I don't want lice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not why I shaved my head, but no. it's definitely a benefit. <laughs> yeah, me either. It's a benefit for it. Uh, yeah. Well, the tick stuff, I've done a whole episode on ticks. I actually wrote a whole novel about it. I was never able to find a, a publisher for it, actually. But um, a lot of the times the ticks latch onto the deers, deer that already have something like chronic wasting disease. It's a disease that's really knocking out a lot of deer. So that's the other thing about the parasites. They, they'll just attach themselves to healthy people and make them unhealthy, but they'll also go for the unhealthy and really just drain them dry. You know, it's definitely vampiric. Uh, I, I also wrote a, a, a story about bed bugs and, and tie into vampires. Luckily bed bugs are, are harmless actually to, we hate them because they come in our house, but they're actually harmless. Unlike certain ticks. So that's the deer tick, uh, so, so the deer tick is a teeny, teeny, teeny one, like sesame seed or smaller poppy seed, actually. And those can carry Lyme disease. The dog tick, so like the bigger ones that you can see that bloat up, those rarely have, uh, those don't have Lyme disease. Sometimes they can have some other stuff. But yeah, I don't have a problem with the insects themselves. I've gotten dog ticks. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But it's the the deer tick. And, and I have the worst infestation I ever saw actually was in, New Jersey, because my grandparents lived in South Jersey. And I, I went for a hike one time in sort of some Pine Barrens-y thing. And there was like a rock on the ground and it looked like the rock was crawling. I was like, holy shit. It was just like furred with these wow. tiny, tiny ticks. And I was like, I don't, I don't care for that. No, so, that's scary. 
Yeah, ticks are not cool because they carry disease. So that's yeah. You know, there's the disease carrying ones. Then there's so mosquitoes. I don't actually mind mosquitoes. They don't actually usually suck on me that much. Maybe you have sweeter blood, uh, but they don't usually bother me that much. Um, but they also obviously can carry disease too. So that's the added horror of it all. Yeah. So, you know, I think, what is it? The the dogs get the uh, heartworm from the mosquito. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. That's, you know, nasty. so now, now you've got these worms that are burrowing into the muscle of your heart, you know, it happens in dogs and cats, but that's, you know, that, that's scary. And all those different worms that, uh, you know, the tapeworm. Right. Ooh. Tapeworm is a perfect parasite, classic parasite. And I, uh, so in this series that I've been working on, you know, not only is it um, something that, that feeds on the host physically, but it's also of a sp- spiritual nature, uh, essentially original evil. So it's got to tie in with that. And of course, there is a uh, one of the main characters, one of the host of main characters is is a Catholic priest. Nice. So there's there's that whole good and evil battle uh battle going on as well as you know now you've got so many people infected by a parasite that actually alters them so that's that's a frightening that's a frightening predicament yeah that sounds really really interesting so yeah looking forward to that coming out there but speaking of books uh there there are a bunch out there with parasites but one that really struck me was something called clamp and it's written by a guy named peter kk williams so it's i don't want to give it away although it's funny they don't tell you what it is until later in the story but the cover actually is the spoiler so i don't i'll just spoil it because it's on the cover anyway but it's uh yeah it's like they put it on the cover and uh, anyway uh so it takes place in Lake Champlain in Vermont. So I used to live near there and it's basically the sixth great Lake and it's huge and it's beautiful and freshwater. So you don't have to worry about other creatures, but it's something that appears in that Lake in the book and it is parasitical. And I thought he did a really cool job with that. So if you want to read some parasite horror fiction clamp by Peter KK Williams, yeah, that would probably be my my top pick. I think I can imagine the parasite they're talking about. That probably. Uh, yeah, I've heard that, and that is terrifying. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think it's always about the things that go in inside of us versus the things on the outside of us. We don't want things inside of us, or we have an instinctual fear of that, and the external creatures. You know, you, you can still you can still fight them and you can track them. You can see them with your your eye. And that for me is is the the real difference. That's why things like bacteria, viruses, whatever, to me, that's more alarming than like a terrorist, <laughs> you know. Now recently they have that. I don't know if you have been watching HBO's The Last of Us uh, no. at all. So that the, it's based on a video game and, and the premise is I'm not, I'm going to get the name wrong, but there's a fungus that takes over insects. It grows inside the insect. It kills them. 
but continues to move the body and it uh, infects others. It's a, but it can only live inside a host that's below 94 degrees. That's why it does not uh, move on to humans. Well, now, you know, with global warming, the, the premise of this story is this fungus has adapted and it makes the jump to humans. That, and that's the zombie of right. the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's Cordyceps. So I've actually Cordyceps. done, of course I've done podcasts on that, that it's come up a lot of time. Yeah. That that's a common, that's definitely not the first time that's been used in horror fiction, but yeah, it it's the zombie fungus and it does, it makes ants do their bidding. And some of it, it's like they climb to the top of a leaf and then it sprouts out of their head and it's uh it takes over the brain and that's a that's a creepy thing man that is a creepy thing so yeah the the idea of it jumping over to humans that's been done before but that sounds cool that that they did that in that story that's appealing to me (laughs) yeah it's pretty neat they they've got these great special effects and you know you see humans with these cordyceps uh growing out of them and just mutating their their whole face and head into like a mushroom like uh fungus it's it's really creepy and so would you consider a vampire is a parasite right would that count would you say yeah well i think anything that lives off of our blood definitely uh classifies as a a parasite and i'm wondering if if the vampire myth or whatever it was that that started spawning that is is actually born from some type of parasite that happened back then right yes also thought definitely disease born i guess some theories are maybe tuberculosis or some other disease but yeah i mean the appearance of somebody pale drawn and and the sucking the life you know whether it's the vampire itself or the victim of the vampire either of that can come from disease so you say, oh, well, it's, it's, they didn't know what disease was back then. So they're like, all right, we got to attribute a supernatural cause to it. Um, but who knows? Maybe vampires actually are real. I don't, I, I leave a like, you know, at least a 0.01% chance that any of these things are real. Elves, Bigfoot, vampires. I, if I had to bet on it, I would say no, but if anyone ever is like, I can tell you for without a doubt, and I'd stake my life on it that there aren't these things and they don't exist. It's like, well, how the hell do you know? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, when I actually put my foot down and say what I believe and what I don't believe, I'm always reminded what somebody once told me. And they said, what you believe and what you know are two entirely different things right on and it's you know yeah man i don't know for sure so but i i've got my beliefs sometimes they're stronger than others but uh you know i i gotta leave that 0.1 myself because i don't Mm -hmm. know i mean we're entitled to our beliefs and we have to act upon things in life if we're just like oh i don't know you know all the time we have to take a path but yeah i think the route out of at least the world's insanity these days is kind of like well I'm pretty sure I'm right, but maybe I am wrong. I'm going to leave that little margin. And, and when you do that, you're like, well, I'm not going to kill this guy over this thing because maybe I'm wrong. You know, it, it gives you a little bit of humility, but yeah, I, I have my strong beliefs as well. We all, we all do. 
But I, I wonder, so how much you said that the religious aspect tied a lot into your parasite that you're writing, that good and evil. So would you feel like that's really a central component in that for you? Um, you know, that uh, the idea of a spiritual parasite, um, it was very strong in the inspiration of this because I, I because going back to it, something has spawned the myths of vampires. Something happened before the first vampire story because Stoker isn't even the first guy to write about something like a, a vampire. Like this goes back to Egypt and and even beforehand. You know, right. every civilization has a story about a parasitic creature that latches onto the host. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a huge component. And I wanted to write about a creature that was actually the original, the, the, or the originator of every horror myth, whether it be the zombie or the werewolf or the vampire. Well, yeah. And what was it? Well, it's, it's original evil. That's what it was, you know? So without giving away too much you know uh it's a four book series so i couldn't give away the whole thing but um you know it it all had to start somewhere yeah i love that idea and and i think these ideas do start from a germ like that whether it's a mental spiritual psychological germ and i wonder if a lot of the parasite fear it's symbolic uh i mean it's based on some real life biological components but also the symbolism of society can only hold together when t- it's people giving back to one another, right? And so if there, there, and there's room for, you know, maybe the people who are having a really hard time, like I wouldn't consider that parasitical or some people might, but there are people having a hard time. And so look, we got a little bit of surplus. That's cool. Then there are people who are deliberately like, I just want to take and take and take and take. I'm not interested in giving back at all. I'm doing fine, but I want more. I wonder if that's just some fear of society falling apart. Because if you have too many of those folks who are just uh, taken, taken, taken without giving back, it all falls apart for everyone. And that's the irony of a lot of these parasites is like they kill off their host. They die too. So they got to not bleed it too hard. So what do you think about that BS theory I just came up with on the spot. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think that's, you've got to, if, if you're assigning logic to the parasite, then, you know, that they, they will have that intention. But, you know, I mean, nature, nature has a design. Nature is pretty intelligent. Yeah. Um, you know, ticks haven't killed off every deer and every living thing in the woods. So, that's right. There is a thought process going on in nature. They're not not like uh, a human that will just, you know, rape the land and take everything from it until it, the soil cannot grow anymore. Mm-hmm. I would say nature is a lot more precise in, in what it does and holds back a lot. I think you've got a very good point there. But yeah, I think you're totally right about nature. Nature knows what it's doing. I've always believed that. And that's kind of the heart of this podcast is looking at elements of nature and maybe some of them are scary, but they're probably there for a reason. And 
leaving some trust in that at the same time sorry dear ticks i'm going to still avoid you whether you're uh <laughs> it's part of the plan or not i'm not going to let them make me the 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 preyed upon although it, it may inevitably happen but uh anyway i think this was really fun conversation uh i think this is a great topic i'm excited for your book series so remind folks where they can find some of your work you know well like Everybody else, my stuff is all over Amazon and everything I put out is also available in Kindle Unlimited. So if you're a member of Kindle Unlimited, go get that thing for free. Uh, Damon Manx, you know, go to Amazon, type in that name, D-A-E-M-O-N-M-A-N-X. Also, you could check me out at my own website, which is www.damonmanx.com. And you can check me out at my publishing house, which is last waltz publishing and our website is www.lastwaltzpublishing.com you can also get signed copies of all our books there at the uh, publishing house excellent beautiful well thank you so much damon thanks so much for having me man. i had a blast i could talk about this stuff for hours awesome thanks for taking a trip with me through josh's worst nightmare where i josh schlossberg Survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. If you don't want to miss any of the great, and sometimes disturbing, weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshsworstnightmare.com where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Moline, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback, hardcover, or ebook at Amazon, Godless.com, or joshesworstnightmare.com. Yours darkly, Josh Schlossberg.